Lord, for help this morning, and then love to, love to jump in. Father God, we love you. We, God, are in need of you. Um, we thank you, God, that in your word you say we can, we can cry to you, open up our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of your law. And God, as we think about the fruit of the Spirit, we confess that we are powerless over this fruit. We are not able to grow it ourselves, but we thank you that you are the one who grows new and surprising fruit in our lives. That's supernatural. That's beyond what we're able to do. So please, God, um, open up our eyes. Please, God, bring us humility. Come against any attack of the enemy, that any plans that you would have for this time. And I pray that the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart would be pleasing in your sight and that you would help the giving and receiving of your word that we would all learn from it this morning as we, as we talk and as we go throughout to, to continue to worship you through us this day. Um, let your name receive great glory and us receive great good through this morning. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Good to see you all. Um, thank you for coming here, for coming here early. It's good to see you. Um, kind of somebody, real quick, I want to start off. Can somebody go to Psalm 119? Psalm 119, verse 18. So Psalm 119, biggest chapter in the Bible, um, in the biggest book of the Bible, which is, of course, all about how great the Bible is. Um, it's pretty focused on that. So Psalm 119, verse 18. Whoever gets there, go ahead and just read it out nice and loud for us. <clears throat> Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Awesome. Um, yeah, so praise God, this is, this is our prayer um, this is what we get access to the Lord. We get to say this. We get to cry out to the Lord. Open up our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of your law. Because um, we're not able to. There's, we're limited in our ability, because we're human beings, to perceive the wondrous things that God has for us. So we need to ask God to open up our eyes that we might see. Um, I'm saying that because I'm prefacing this is one of the texts that is just it was just a one of the uniquely challenging texts to absorb and I'm like man I really don't I, I just I'm definitely having the attitude if I can't walk in and be like I totally nailed the understanding of the scripture <laughs> it's just like we're all going to be coming in humility and just learning this together uh, let's just want to preface that um, so in the last lesson we ended up needing to bypass it but we would have been talking about the, um, the most amazing hope that we have, that God takes people with hearts of stone and gives them hearts of flesh. So that's that process that needs to happen. Today, we're talking about the new and surprising fruit that God gives his children, those who receive salvation through Christ, called out for his forgiveness and received the Holy Spirit. Um, and so actually what I wanna do, I actually wanna have a couple people we're going to read our points just to kind of help get our brains in gear. So can I get someone to read the CPR central points? Just, yeah, someone can read those out. Jason, someone to read the personal application points? Jump out. Be, be bold and courageous. Who can read those? Thank you, sir. And then who can read the relational application? Thank you. All right, go ahead. Jason, why don't you start us off? All right. Uh, all three? Uh, yep. Awesome. And the personal application? Um, 
Awesome. And the relational application? Okay, number one, I must help others to see themselves with hope because of Christ's spirit living within them. Two, the Bible does not present us with noble people who never fail, but with a God of grace who has given us in Christ all we need to defeat sin and deal with difficulty. Three, I must help people to see that Christ is with them in temptation and difficulty. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate the way that this lesson is framed um, because I definitely felt that wrestling with these texts where it can be easy to look at people in Scripture and their responses and for us to see the Holy Spirit's fruit and then for us to look at them in that circumstance and be like, I could never do that. So instead of looking, it can be easy for us to look at it and instead of being encouraged, be discouraged by saying, that's just impossible. Um, so I just, I like, I wanted to start with these points because I think it frames them in a good way that what we need and what the Lord is going to grow in us is supernatural. It's not the natural fruit that comes from our strength. And so this is not a, the message of the gospel is not pull yourself up by your bootstraps, work harder, right? It's, this is what a wonderful God can grow this fruit in us, even though it's amazing. So what I need is just to help us kind of frame our understanding when it comes to fruit. I need, are there any students here, any teenagers, anyone who is a, a who thinks they're the best scientist in this room? Who's the best? I'm like, man, when it comes to science, I think I can nail it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's, who, who thinks? Yeah. You guys are very Christian, very humble. Who's, I'm, I'm seeing it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, okay, okay, best scientist, awesome, okay. So you're the, you're the best scientist. Okay, cool, um, excellent. So I, I'm gonna need you to identify something for me. Okay, this is gonna be a test. Are you comfortable doing this? Okay, this is gonna be a very difficult science question. Okay, 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 and if you don't, it's okay, we can need help. So can you please identify this fruit? It is an apple, everyone give a round of applause. Yep, good, okay, okay good. thank you. So it is correct, this is an apple. This is a kind of fruit. Now, can you tell us, I have some questions about the apple. Um, if you were to make an apple, what would you need? You, you would need a tree, excellent. And what, what, might, what things might the tree need? What would be helpful for the tree? Sunlight, water, nutrients, yep. excellent. oil. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Would you say, okay, so it sounds like, would you all agree? Anybody disagree with that assessment? So it's scientifically accurate, excellent. So could you do me a favor? Would you be able to grow an apple for us right now? No. no. You didn't even try. Could, could you just like, could you, just, could you help grow us an apple? No. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so it sounds like even though our resident apple expert, who is the expert on all things apple, um, seems like she has some difficulty being able to produce an apple. Um, why is that? What? She's not a tree, right? So what things, being our apple scientist, our, our resident expert on all things apples, what things would you need to make an apple grow? Sunlight. Yep. Water. Yep. Nutrients. Yep. Care. Care. Yep. 
Maybe potentially even a seed. Mm -hmm. seed? Yeah. Yep. Time. Yeah, all those things, right? It's interesting that what we can't do is just, I can't Harry Potter make an apple. You know, I can't just, you know, when Guardian Leviosa, an apple appears. That's, sorry, that's the wrong, if you need Harry Potter, that's not the right one. But we can't just make an apple grow, even if I try really hard. But there is a way that the Lord created that we could actually be about fruit being produced, right? So I planted, Apollos watered, but... God, God, the Lord makes the growth, right? So there is a way that fruit can grow, and there's a way that even as an apple expert, a scientist by trade, is that your trade? Your scientist? No, okay, okay. And she's just someone who's smart. Even someone who's very, very intelligent can't make fruit grow by their own power, right? So even, even apple experts are limited. Um, can, let's all turn to Galatians 5 for us together. Galatians 5.13. So we're looking at Galatians 5.13. Oh, sorry, I lied. Galatians 5.16, forgive me. Can someone, let's go to Galatians 5.16, and then someone read that section from 16 to the end, 16 to 26. Whenever you get there, be bold, be courageous, and shout it out for us. Thank you so much. Um, and so just to help me understand, so like I said, we're all coming here. We're all coming to learn together. Um, when it's talking about the fruit, so it has the, the, the flesh, it's natural, the natural fruit that comes from our flesh, our sinful flesh. And it talks about the fruit that comes from the spirit. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I said last time, let me know if I'm speaking truth or heresy. Sometimes you never know. Um, so my reading of this, tell me if I'm right, is that, so if we're Christians, our lives are always going to be smooth and comfortable, right? That we're not going to have any difficulties. It's just going to be easy. We have Jesus. Is that right? I think that's the heresy. That's the heresy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, please. Thank you. Accurate. Truth. Good. Um, yeah, that's, that's not true. Um, <clears throat> so when we're talking the heat in our lives and we're talking the fruit, what in what ways does it say our fruit is going to grow? What are we supposed to do as the fruit tree in order that the fruit might grow? Yes. Yeah. So Jesus talks about, you know, he's the true vine, right? We are the branches. Whoever abides in him, he it is that will bear much fruit, right? And what does the father who's the vine dresser do for those branches? 
prune them so they may be even more fruitful. What every branch loves to hear, right? Yeah, sweet. You got to cut out, cut off the pieces that we don't need, right? But yes, keeping in step, keeping in step with the Spirit, right? So if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. So sometimes the things that we read in the Bible kind of shock us. Um, so in counseling, when, I, when I'm working with someone, I say, if you picture the words as three-dimensional, like you're looking at Scripture, say, pay attention to the words that jump out at you, that you feel like the Holy Spirit's connecting with you, and pay attention to the words that feel far away, that either evoke kind of anger, frustration, confusion, or I just, I just don't connect with this, right? So I say, as just as, as a framework to look at, so, because we're going to be looking at another section that's going to be unique. It's going to be kind of shocking to us sometimes when we think about the fruit that's developed. So, sometimes when we read scriptures that are difficult for us to understand, we can have a couple different responses. So, some responses are, even after all we've learned, some of us are tempted to say, because of what I've experienced, good things are impossible for me. I'm hearing the promises of God, but because of my life experience, because of what I've done, because of what's done to me, this scripture actually isn't going to apply. Because you don't know the depths of pain, sin, and suffering that I've done or has been done to me. Others might say, well, God's rules might work for others, but they just don't work for me. I've tried them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've tried that, Jason. Yeah, it doesn't work. You know, I've tried that promise. It just doesn't, doesn't work. It just doesn't feel like it connects to me. Another one is, or well, because I don't believe it's true for me in my life, I don't think it can be true for others. Yeah, is God powerful? Can he change? Yeah, but not that person. That person's beyond hope. And so what we want to do is we want to consider how God's work of heart change can help us and others deal with the heat that comes from our lives. So we want to turn to Psalm 4. That's going to be where we're going to spend the rest of this time. And we're going to be looking at some kind of surprising fruit or some shocking fruit in, that's growing in the heat of David's life. So Psalm 4. Um, most people think that Psalm 3 and 4 are written in the same context because there's a lot of overlap. Right? Can someone read just the tagline of Psalm 3? What's the all caps heading in front of Psalm 3? Shout it out. What's the context? Yep. Save me, oh my God. Can you read the next section just under that? Yep. Psalm of David when? When he fled from Absalom, his son. Right. So if you want to read more about the context, 2 Samuel 14 to 18. We're not going to read it now, but that's, I'm going to kind of briefly give an overview. But 2 Samuel 14 to 18 gives more context to Absalom and what's going on with his son. But some of the things that have happened, um, Absalom has murdered, so one of David's son, Absalom, murdered Amnon after, so one of David's other sons, after he raped his sister. So um, Absalom fled, and then after he fled, David eventually allowed him to return and forgave him, even though there was murder of one of his other children. After receiving forgiveness, Absalom sat outside the gate saying to everyone who walked by, David really doesn't really care about your problems. He said, there's no one really assigned to hear any of your cases. You know, oh man, what tribe are you from? Yeah, David doesn't have anybody who's going to care about you. 
But so then he says, Absalom would say, oh, were that I the judge in the land, then every man with a dispute or a cause might, might come to me and I would give them justice. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. So if Absalom is standing at the gate saying, man, David doesn't have anybody to hear your cases, but if I was judge, I would, I would care about you. What's he, what's he trying to do? What's his goal? Make the people love him? Yeah, yeah. Become king, right? What would that be called if you're in a nation and you are trying to get a regime change? What's the name for that? A coup, right? Coup, treason, right? So this is David's son who's doing all this after he's been forgiven, right? Um, and so what happens is, yeah, typically when a coup happens in Israel, like most coups now, it's typically not a ballot box type situation, right? It's not like, a, hey, did anybody want to vote for me to be the next dictator? It's not, you know. So David, the, the danger for David is increasing because how is this coup going to happen? By force, yeah, by, by killing David so that you can be the king, right? So David needs to flee before he's killed. Um, Absalom enters Jerusalem and he sets up a tent and he sleeps with all of his father's concubines, right? As a, as a way to be publicly offensive to David. Um, and then David flees with a handful of men to a cave. So this is you, you're the king, your son, after you've forgiven him and brought him back, has done all these things and is now trying by force to get you killed. It's the question I like to ask, what would be in your journal that evening? As you're in the cave being dripped on with your you know, small group of people having to flee, you've gone from palace to cave. Um, and so what we want to do, we want to look at Psalm 4. Because this is the context, as far as we understand. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned to shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? I'm going to intentionally try to pause at the Selah. So we can kind of look at it in those sections. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. It's interesting. My, my question that I was trying to frame as I was reading this and wrestling with it is, is what do we look to to make us dwell in safety? What robs us of sleep at night? 
So what do we fill in the blank with our hearts? For you alone or O blank make me dwell with safety. That if it was gone, we wouldn't feel secure. You know, for me, it's easy for it to be my plans, my power. Um, I get some news that something I had had planned for a long time all of a sudden is, is falling through the cracks. This dream, this thing, we've been working at it for years, if that's threatened, yeah, my sleep can get easily agitated. Um, you know, David could have said, hey, I need my lamp, let's get the map, let's strategize, okay? And peace I will lay down in sleep because my strategy will make me dwell. So he's, he's being pursued by an enemy. So it's thinking of this heat, we see this as a response of someone both wrestling with their fear, bringing their complaint to the Lord, right? and receiving supernatural grace and fruit in their lives. Because he could be woken up by a spear tip. That's it's on the table. And so this is not natural for any of us. This is not the natural response. This is not the gut reaction of, oh man, trust the Lord. That's not, that's not the way our hearts operate. It has to be supernatural. This is, again, fruit that is grown by the Spirit. But it's, I think it's, it's helpful to notice that the same, in the same section as in peace I will both lie down and sleep, and you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. It's also the same section as, as verse 1, where it says, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. The Psalms follow this pattern. A really great book um, is Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, talking about lament how lament as a Christian, what we get to do is we get to turn to the Lord in our distress and cry out to him, bringing our full complaint. Sometimes I think as Christians, we can kind of, I call theology jump our emotions. God's sovereign, so I just got to be fine. You know, God's sovereign. So, so you can't complain. You can't actually have emotions. It's not allowed. It's like, well, you know, Job had some emotions. You know, Jesus on the cross, what does he quote? Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my groaning? Why are you so far from, from answering? He said, yet you are holy and throned on the praises of Israel. That's the, that's the next part that he's, Jesus is referencing. So that this is just the reality of us as Christians is, is the fruit in the heat isn't always clean, right? It's not always pretty. It's not always wrapped in a bow. Um, but praise God, we get to bring our complaint and anchor ourselves to hope as well. That in the heat, the Lord, the Spirit is, is able and powerful and mighty to bring fruit. And that this is what the fruit can look like. Um, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. Because what, what, would, what would David, if he's saying, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety, what does he have to have surrendered to the Lord? Thinking of the context and the situation, what does he have to entrust God with if he's going to say this? His life. Okay, God, so I, 
I might live or I might die. Right? God, that belongs to you. That's in your hands. Um, even the scripture where it says, you know, the war horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. So this isn't a call to just, hey, we just don't do anything. We just don't make any plans. We never do anything. But at the same time, in our planning, we also have to have this surrendered dynamic and praise God that this is the surprising fruit that can come is surprising surrender that actually brings peace. Okay, Lord, I will, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Okay, it's it's surrendered to you. Whatever's going to happen. Because we know by being anxious, we can't make one hair white or black. We can't add a single hour to our life. So worrying's not going to change anything anyway, right? Um, but this is, this is some of the fruit. And so my only encouragement is too, um, when I was reading this this week, I did not get this. I was like, God, <laughs> like, I was texting other guys. Like, how do you guys apply this? Um, praise God, Ben, ben Brophy in his wisdom said, no, yeah, you, you, I was like, how do you reconcile the two? He's like, no, you don't reconcile, you just trust. I was like, oh, okay. And so I responded with a gif of Yoda saying, do or do not, there is no try. He said, except for yours would, he said, your gif would read, uh, trust or trust not, there is no do. As this, uh, you know, like, no, it's, it's, this is about, God, I need you to enable me to believe this. And so that's the good news as Christians. That's what we get to do. Um, so what I want to do, I, I want to leave room for questions. And then I want, to, want us to break into groups to kind of process this. Because this is a bit, this is unique. It's kind of messy. It's kind of interesting. Thoughts, comments, um, pushback, any, I just love kind of initial responses to the psalm. Any thoughts? And we're going to give you guys more time to do that in groups as well. But before that, any thoughts? I guess I've just answered all the questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Jason, so as we're lamenting, uh, how do we not then find our identity yeah. in the lament and not cross that line of this is now how it is or mm. trusting the Lord to heal and, and lament? Okay, yeah. Um, so you're saying how do you, are you almost, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying how do we not how do we not find the like identity as like a sufferer? Is that what you mean? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and just continue with being a pessimist and suffering. And awesome. This is my lot in life. Yep, yep, that's so good. Thank you so much. Um, there's another book uh, by another biblical counselor called Saint, Sinner, Sufferer. Um, so this concept of, who is that? Michael. Mike Elmont, thank you. I always forget names, but yeah. So it's the idea of like kind of a triangle, saint, sinner, sufferer. As Christians, for those who've been saved, we operate in all three, or Venn diagram, however you want to frame it, we operate in all three circles all at once. So we are saints, for those of us who trust in the Lord. We've had righteousness credited to our account. Um, we are also sinners. We also still sin and we struggle. We're not perfect. And we're sufferers. Um, and we're all three of those at the same time. And so I think that's where the, what I like, I like to think of lament as a roller coaster, um, or if you're martial arts, you know, enthusiast, it's kind of like jujitsu where you want to use the momentum of the enemy against you. So someone's coming at you, you want to do that grab and bring them to the ground. Um, you want to turn to the Lord and complain 
bringing your full complaint to the Lord relationally. So it's a communication, right? Because he's a father who cares about us and loves us. Um, and if you look at the Psalms, you want to follow that momentum. Think about like roller coaster tracks. You want to bring the, the complaint and follow the tracks to the hope that they anchor themselves into. Um, because again, too, Psalm 22, and when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what he's quoting. A lot of people say he's referencing the entire Psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from hearing me from the words of my groaning? Um, and he says, yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. And you are fathers trusted. They trusted, they wouldn't be put to shame. So that's, I think, what helps. Because again, you're right. Our, our tendency is to, right, if this is the extreme of, theology jump my emotions my emotions don't matter this extreme is my emotions are everything and my suffering is everything and and this is who i am and this is the brokenness and it's all everything's horrible all the time right it's like we lament brings both together if that makes sense so the yeah is that helpful okay yeah yeah Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's the you ever, anyone remember the J curve the analogy that like that kind of idea of yeah we have to suffer first, and when we become like Christ in our suffering, then we become like Him in His resurrection. That like that's just the the kind of pathway that we go through. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. Right. Um, and it's not even telling you you should only stand out in the prayer yep. for this long and quickly move to trust, but it's just saying that you would land in trust. Yep. And that's very angry. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Could you also say that it's kind of getting stuck in that inward focus without eventually getting mm. the upward focus? That's good. You upward, you know, eventually we want to land the upward focus. Yes. Yeah. Kind of getting stuck in that inward focus. Yep. Yeah. Remembering who God is. Yeah. True. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Val Cohen says, right? Not getting, not the morbid introspection, right? Not just the consumption with the self, because it's only, it's actually really only putting our eyes on Christ. Like, we're real human beings, but it's putting our eyes on Christ that's actually going to help change anything, right? Yeah, totally. Yes, sir. Um, so I've seen that pattern repeated in the Psalms, so that's yeah. Yep. And there are commentaries that indicate that Psalm 88 is distinctly different, and I've never really understood hmm. why Psalm 88 is different, and what is the appropriate application reading it. Yeah. Um, Falcone, any thoughts on that? I don't, I don't know Psalm 88 off the top of my head. Yeah, but uh, yeah Psalm 88 it doesn't end with a, uh, a note of hope. Hmm. And I, I actually praise the Lord that that Psalm's in the Bible. Yeah, that's good. Nice. 
on the in the foundations. Yep. Okay. Earn this. Yep. Great. Excellent. Go on the app. Delray Baptist Audio. Thank you. All right. Cool. So this is what I'm going to do. I I want us to yeah process this in our groups. I want us to turn around thinking about it. So a couple things we can think about. Even just reading Psalm four, you can just think of hey, what's your just initial reaction to it? Just emotions. What kind of comes up? Um, are there truths that David clings to? Are there little anchor points? And even just in your own life, have there been times where you have felt like you've done this well? Have there been times where the Lord has brought fruit, which was surprising? Because um, that's interesting, the, um, the final make it real is, is part of just kind of bringing in thankfulness. After we've gone through heat, fruit, thorns, cross, those are all out of order, I apologize. But think about that, just praising God for the fruit as you look back. Have there been any ways that we can encourage each other in that? So, yeah, initial responses, responses to the psalm, um, thoughts about David, just kind of emotional reactions, and also, too, is there any time where you were in a season that you're like, man, this fruit, looking back, or presently, is just the Holy Spirit, because it's not coming from me. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, um, so what we do, Falco, would you say 10 minutes, 15 minutes? What are we, Five? Probably ten. Ten? Let's do ten. Ten minutes and we'll come back and talk about it. Okay?